As I was reading that passage this week, I noticed that, I don't think I'd noticed this before, maybe someone somewhere along the line had heard of this, but that God, is, if, we're, if we're taking the Genesis timeline to be completely accurate, which I don't know that we should, but it was, it was God created the trees, knowledge of good and evil, and then tells Adam about it. I don't understand why he didn't wait till Eve was around so that he could have told both of them because this was like the first marital miscommunication. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else has gotten home from something, a meeting. This happens on a weekly basis for me. With the meeting, like, so what did you learn to talk about? And I'm like, I don't know. We didn't talk about that much. Like, we said a few things. And then inevitably, the next week, Lawrence would be like, oh, yeah, and so Mary and Nick, I'm sure Brett's told you all about this big thing that we talked about. And, of course, and Adam was the first guy to ever do it <laughs> a fairly important thing to tell eve and he totally blew it so we're on a good boat we're all with adam there we can blame him if we want guys for why we forget to say things to our wives or tell them all the important details of everything that happened during our day um but more importantly We are in Genesis. Um, and the reason for that is we're trying to get back to what was God's original design for this. We are trying to do it to counteract the fear and the anxiety of the world around us today, where it seems like everything is falling apart. What did God have to say in the beginning? Um, I loved a couple weeks ago, Lawrence said something um, that we are, we are here to build God's kingdom, not our own kingdom, and also not a Christian nation. A Christian nation isn't the goal. God's kingdom is the goal. I think sometimes we forget that, or we have this idea of bringing us back to the glorious past. We have this idea when Christian values were what we lived for in Canada, and there was a much better morality and all of these things, but that's not necessarily what we're going for. We're going for God's kingdom, and we're trying to partner with what he is doing there. That we are going after God, that we are connected to God, and we are united to his purposes. That is the goal. So in our passage today, we're actually going to start, we're going to start at the end I'm going to take some things from the end, and then I'm going to take some things from the middle, and then I'm going to go back to the beginning. So we're, we're doing a reverse order today. Um, we look at the creation story, God sets us apart, right? So he's creating the whole world, he's got all these things going on, and, uh, but this picture I had today was like, there's this, like, there's this gap, right, between God over here, maybe I go up here. Up here, creation, down here, natural world, and then somewhere in between falls us, where we have divine likeness. We are created in the image of God. We aren't God, but we're somewhere on this divine scale of nature being more base, more lower, still beautiful, still created by God, God being the ultimate divine being, and we have some combination of both where there's some divinity in us, there's some of the divine nature in us, some of his image in us, but we're not divine, we're not just nature. 
One of the things that, as I was reading my commentary, um, or my Bible, but one of the commentators talking about one of the things that I'd never thought of before about what it means to be an image bearer of God is the ability to commit to things. Um, I loved the end of that verse, that, or that passage that Marianne just read, and the, the words were hold fast, that man and woman would come together and hold fast to each other. I love that. that this is such like a, um, a good visual for me. of we, hold, we have the ability to hold on to something, Despite what we may feel in a moment, we're not driven by our, by our instincts or our natural drives, but we have this ability to say, I'm going to hold on to this no matter what. And I want to suggest that anytime we hold on to that, we commit to that, and we, we, we are actually acting like the divine, where the animals don't do that, right? There's not... If we're looking at sexuality, it's very, it's very open and very free. Our, our society would call it free love, right? And so it's interesting when we have these ideas here, especially on the West Coast, like, there's this idea that if we move towards uh, or that monogamy and stuff like that is a human construct that is just actually shackling us and we're not actually living to our fullest potential. And I would like to suggest that actually anytime we do that, anytime we move away from commitment, anytime we move away from that, we are actually moving further from the divine and closer to the animals. We are moving more towards the base, the lower, the dumber, and not towards the divine, the more brilliant, the more beautiful. Commitment is inherently divine. I was, um, back when we first got our dog, I was reading, uh, I was reading something about how when your dog, like, kind of, you, you bond, you have a relationship, but within, say, you decide, you know what, I can't have a dog anymore. It's just too much, too much commitment, too much time, whatever. Don't like this dog, maybe, whatever it is. You say, I'm just going to hand this dog up to someone else. A dog within three days is totally fine in this new situation. It doesn't mean that he doesn't remember you. If he'd see you again, he would remember you. But a dog can adapt to a new pack, a new crowd, a new surrounding within three days. And no emotional attachments anymore. No, man, I really wish I was with my old owners. They are so present that they can just be there. But we can't do that, right? Within three days... I'm still hurting if a relationship is broken. I'm still missing someone. Because when we have that ability to commit and to hold the things to a greater degree, it also causes pain when it is broken. This is how we are, this is part of how we are like the divine. When we try and let go of this thing, we move more towards the base, the lower, instead of moving towards the higher, wiser, and more beautiful. setting this up so that we look at because we're trying to look at God's original intent for us and so I'm trying to 
paint this picture of how we are like God, how we're image bearers of him. So that's part of our identity, is that we are identified as image bearers, we are identified as royal, we are identified, identified as, um, as kings and queens, sons and daughters of God. I feel like there's something I'm missing there, but... So let's move on to purpose. Of this, I wanted to look at, look at verses 15 to, uh, 15 to 17, um, where God talks about man's role in the garden that he created. It's man's purpose, his vocation. Notice that God talks about work before the fall. Work is a good thing when it is united with God's purposes. When we, tend, when we aid God in what he is doing, in what he has created, and we're not advancing our own ideas, but returning to his good work. From the beginning, God never designed us to live for ourselves. He didn't put us here and say, now make whatever you want, form whatever you want, do whatever you want. He was, the guard, he was the first gardener, right? He was the first one to build it, and he said, look at what I built and come and partner with me and do this. I want you to do work. I want you to have a hand in doing this. And we see that um, even when Jesus was here, he said, I only, see what the, only do what I see the Father doing. He talks about being the vine and the branches and how we need to be connected to that. And so our real purpose and our real intent has to be what he is already doing that we see what our Father is doing, and we do that. That we aren't people that just float along with whatever our desires are, and whatever our passions are, and whatever we think needs to be done, but that we would pursue the deeper desire of our heart, which is God. And we would connect to that, and as we would move through life, we would advance what he is already doing, looking for what he is doing, and then following that. Back when I was younger, I... um, I was living in the prairies, and before I ever mountain biked, I raced motocross. So the two-wheel thing has always kind of been a part of my life. Um, and, but I was, ne- I was never very good at it. I'm going to say that first. I was never very good at it, but I loved it. <laughs> it was, I had very little talent, didn't start young enough, but there was something about it that just like, there was this like internal drive to do it, and it became, but it became everything to me. Um, I had sold everything that I did, everything I had so that I could buy my first dirt bike. It was one of the first things that I bought on my own. My parents were like, no, you're not going to race motocross. You're not going to ride dirt bikes. If you want to do this, you got to do it on your own. And so then I was like, I got to do this. There's something in me. I got to do it. And so I just sold everything I had, got a bike. And, um, but it, it, it almost ended up consuming me. Um, it was my sole focus and my sole desire. It, it became this is, it became an idol, really, is what it comes down to. But it, because I said, this is the purpose of my life. I need to do this thing and this thing alone, even though I'm not very good at it. 
I needed to do it because there's something, it filled something in me. And I remember one day I was just, I can't remember where I was, but God, God just like pointed right to my heart and was like, you need to get rid of that dirt bike. And I was just like, this is my identity. This is what I'm becoming. This is everything. And he's like, I'm sorry, it, it has become everything and that isn't right. And so there was a submission that needed to happen. It wasn't me living for myself. I'm not the one planting the garden. I'm not the one building something. I am building what God is building. I need to submit to what his plan is. Motocross for me was what Bishop Todd calls an in, inordinate passion. It, was, it was a, could be a good thing. It could, it could be fine. But it was in the wrong order. It became God to me. In all of our lives, this is what we need to do. With any passion, any desire, anything that we have, it needs to be submitted to the Lordship of Christ. When we, do, when we try and do things our own way, we inevitably get lost. When we try and say that we have the right answer or the right solution, it often doesn't work. But when we submit it to what God is already doing and we look for his plan and already the way that he is moving, it works. Um, I heard it said recently that you, you can dance however you want and you can move around however you want but at some point you need to submit to the beat or you're going to look ridiculous that there is a beat and that there is a rhythm that God has created in this world and that we can say that we don't, we, we can do whatever we want, but even when you think of dancing sometimes, a good dancer follows the beat. Like there's, there's like a rule to this, right? There's, to be, even to be more creative, you follow the beat. You can be creative within that and you can watch it and you can see someone moving and you're like, wow, that looks amazing, that's beautiful. Or you can look at someone who's like, I'm going to be totally myself and I'm going to, there's no rules and I will do whatever you want. You and your beat that shackles me. I won't follow it. But it doesn't work. We need to submit to what God has done and the ways and the rhythms that he has created for our world. And then partner with God. Not try and recreate our own. Let's go back to the beginning of the passage. This is, where, um, this is where it talks about Sabbath. Because I think that there are certain... So right from the beginning now, there are rhythms that God has created. There are ways of living that he has put into motion from the start that we can look at and we can say, Oh, this is how you want me to live. I should submit to that because you are the creator and not think that I can figure it out all on my own. So in Sabbath is one of the ways that we can submit to the ruling and the lordship of God. Um, It's easy for me to 
want to take control of the world around me, to want to work harder, do more, make more money, have all the control. Sabbath is a way that I can say, God, you are in control. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. You do. I trust you. I'm going to stop. I'm going to rest. I'm going to come into the rhythm that you have placed on this world. It can be difficult to do. And I feel like, I don't know if you've noticed a lot of my sermons lately, I keep coming back to this idea of like, Sabbath, I come back to practice. How do we practice the faith? Because I think some of these things are unnatural for us, or if we aren't, if we aren't um, intentional about it in the, how we live, we just we miss it. Or we just get caught up in the way the rest of the world around us is living, and which isn't conducive to faith. Another thing I read about recently um, in this book called The Domestic Monastery, it's great little book. I've just started reading it. Um, but it talks about how time isn't our own and how as just a little back thing. But he uh, is talking about how he doesn't ask stay-at-home moms to take an hour for prayer each day because he realizes that honestly in your, like as a mom time isn't your own. Part of the thing about prayer and monasteries is realizing that you know what, I can't, or my time is not my own. I'm going to spend it praying and do something else. And he's like, as a mom, you're doing that anyway because you're answering needs. You have to go any second. And he illustrates this by saying, um, when you're in a monastery and you have all these things structured throughout the day, you have morning prayer, all these different things. I don't even know what they all are. But... um, but what he says, he's like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. When you hear the bell to go to that next thing, you go. Because time is not your own. So even if you're in the middle of writing a letter, if you're in the middle of writing a letter, stop mid-sentence, drop the pen, and go. Because this is a practice. It doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong. It means that you need to practice realizing that time is not even your own. It is God's. ways that we can um, there's ways that we can get into the routine and the rhythm of doing these things Then, but I think it takes practice there's ways that life automatically does this for us like being, becoming a parent like even just getting married submitting ourselves to things that I'm going to find out in the next couple months what this is like of my time will not be my own anymore. It's like this breaking of selfishness that is hard but is so necessary.
So coming back to I feel like a lot of this for me is a, is a, is a breaking of selfishness because that's what these practices do. That my time isn't mine. The control over my work and my week I'm trying to let go of. And when I think about even this church and what we are building here at Via Comance Valley, this isn't even mine. We are building something that is divine. We are building something that is beyond my idea of what church is. And I always say, if I did it my way, there'd be for sure no vestments. <laughs> that, that, that's one. I'd just cross it off the list. And I'm not trying to tell you that, like, vestments are, for sure, are God-ordained. They're not. They're, there isn't anything. But this is, for me, is one thing where I'm like, I am not building something that I created here. I'm not building something that is like, if it's all Brett's idea, it's going to be wrong. I need to submit to something greater. And this is one of the reasons why I like what we're doing here. Because in some ways it pushes against some of my own stuff. It's not doing it by my ingenuity or Lawrence would say the same thing. I know he doesn't enjoy wearing his collar because <laughs> it's hard. And it's, and it's not by our ingenuity, but by partnering some, in something what God has done through the ages. This isn't our genius that's bringing this up. Vestments are a stark reminder to me that I just don't get to do this however I want. Reminds me that we're building something bigger than my dream, bigger than my plan. It's bigger than my desires, bigger than my wishes. And in a world where consistently we find that it's, it seems to be cons- continually ego-driven, and maybe it's some of the things that I've been taking in lately, but it is a laying down of what I think is right sometimes. So things that I've been trying to practice lately and things that I've been talking about in my sermons lately, it's, it's about releasing control of my life and trying to give it to God and to his plan. So like Sabbath, as I'm not in control, God is. Fasting, it's I'm not, I don't get whatever I want. It's not good for me to get whatever I want when I want. My stomach is in, in, in control, God is in control. Time, it's not mine, it's God's. The spiritual disciplines in these practices continue for me to, it continues seems to be fighting, trying to fight against my own selfishness. That if I let, if I don't do these things and I let it run wild, it will consume me. I've really enjoyed over the last few years becoming a, being a part of this church. And I feel like in the last few sermons I've done, I've talked about why, why I like VIA, why I like what we're doing. And there's a lot going on right now in VIA that's difficult um, if you're getting the emails. Um, but for me, it is, it's, It's not about um, 
Like I said, it's, it's not just doing it my way. It's not just building something that I want to build. It's trying to build something that God wants to build. And, like, and one of the things that I keep coming back to about why I love the people that end up coming to Via is there's a desire to build something where the church rises up and does something different. That we're not, there's an, I feel like in some ways a holy dissatisfaction with what the church has become and a desire for something more. And that's my desire. And so I wanted 